The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus declared, I thank thee, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that thou hast hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to babes. Yea, Father, for such was thy gracious will. All things have been delivered to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The Gospel of the Lord. So we celebrate today the beautiful solemnity of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. I know a solemnity very uh, dear to this community um, who adores the Sacred Heart of Jesus in the Eucharist with that particular focus of adoring the heart of Christ, the heart that has loved to the point of divine love and exhaustion, the complete spending of itself in love, manifest for us at the piercing of his Sacred Heart on the cross. And so that love of God is made manifest in Christ, but in a particular way, in his sacred heart. And so as we look through the readings today, we have this uh, beautiful flow of love. If we look at salvation history, we have to see it through that lens of the love of God. And so what we see in the book of Deuteronomy is that God's people were not chosen because they were wonderful people. They weren't chosen because they were strong in any particular way or had any particular gifts. They were chosen in their misery. They were chosen in their littleness. They were chosen in their humility, not because of any goodness in them, but because of the love of God. The love of God is the cause of goodness. We love things, as we've said before. We love things because we perceive a goodness that is in them, or we love persons because we perceive a goodness that is in them. But our love is not the cause of the goodness that we perceive in the things that we love. With God, that is the case. His love is the cause of the goodness in things. His love is the beginning. So as we see in the second reading, this is love, as St. John says. Not that we have loved God, but that he has first loved us, the cause of all things. God himself, the God who is love, doesn't simply have love for things, but is love in himself. And so there is a consolation and a comfort and a freedom that comes, is particularly in the light of that first reading, which is that we don't have to live our life constantly straining to be loved by God. He loves us. He is love. We can do nothing in our life to make God love us more. We can do nothing in our life to make God love us less. It's a great mystery. His love is unchanging. 
It is our love that changes. So when we sin, our love deviates from what love should be. When we move away from God and choose other lesser loves, well then we give our love to things that are undeserving of as a final end of our love. And so our love is something that must be perfected. And the model for that love is the love of God himself. And so then St. John, this beautiful disciple of Christ, who is so taken up into the mystery of love, you see that in the Gospels, where he even seems to forget his name in light of the fact that he was loved by God, loved by God. He refers to himself as the beloved. That's how he sees himself now. He's simply the beloved, the one who is loved by Jesus Christ. That's the way in which he views himself, is all according to love. And then for his ministry, he looks out and he says, beloved, he loves everyone else. Let us love one another. And the reason for this love is because this is how we imitate the love of God. For us to love God is right and just. He is deserving of all love because he is perfect in his goodness, because in as much as he is love, he is also good. And so he is deserving of our love. We are undeserving of his. And so as some of the theologians and saints say, is that for us to return love to God for his love is simply normal and natural. But the way for us to have a love completely like God's love is to love those who are undeserving of our love. God's love is a love that condescends to those who are undeserving. It takes on that particular lens of mercy and it lowers itself to those who are undeserving of his love and yet he pours out his love upon them. And so for us to imitate the heart of God, the heart of Christ, is for us to love those whom we perceive might be undeserving of our love. To love in spite of indifference, suffering, trial, persecution, and to continue to love, that's what it is to be Christ-like and God-like. And that's what we see happening in the gospel today. The context for what the Lord is saying here is important. This context in chapter 11 of Matthew's Gospel is right after the Lord has rebuked all of those coastal towns of Galilee. Woe to you, Chorazin. Woe to you, Bethsaida. Woe to you. And then he says it will be better for places like Sodom and Tyre and Sidon than for those places. Why? Because they have rejected the love of God when he has come into their midst. They have turned away from this love that has come looking for them. He has gone through their towns, this prince and king of love, and he has simply poured out his love in his teaching, in his miracles, in all of his works, in the ways in which he has spent himself to come to them and to save them. He has done everything from that source and font of love, and he has invited them into that love, and they have rejected him. And so he says, woe to them, rightfully so, Because to reject the love of God and to reject living in that love means that we will never find rest. We will never find that for which we are created and for which our heart deeply longs for. And so what the Lord does is that after he has rebuked all of those places which have rejected him, he then turns his heart to the Father and he invites his disciples to see his conversation with his Father this conversation of love, which is what animates everything. And so in the midst of being rejected, 
the Lord shows what is the source of his, again, of his comfort, which is that he is the beloved of the Father. And so he prays out loud that we might learn how to pray. He prays out loud that we might learn how to seek refuge and peace in the love of the Father. And so he turns his whole gaze, his whole interior, is turned to this beautiful conversation of the Father that is then made manifest. I thank thee, Father, that even in the midst of all the persecution, the rejection, this rejected love, I thank thee, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have revealed these things, that you have hidden them from the wise and understanding and revealed them to the little ones, the humble, the humble. And so it is in humility that we see ourselves in the love of God. And as the Lord now opens his heart to his disciples to show what goes on inside his heart, which is this conversation with the Father, he then extends this conversation to them. In a certain sense, he opens his heart and then turns towards them and invites them in. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Not simply a temporal rest, a rest at the end of the day from hard work, but a rest that lasts forever and that is eternal. The rest that our restless hearts search for. As St. Augustine says, we are restless until we rest in him because he is the fulfillment of every human desire. Everything that we could want at the deep sense in our own hearts is fulfilled in the heart of Christ. And so as he turns to us, he does the same thing to us that he did to his disciples. He invites us into this love that exists between him and the Heavenly Father, a love so perfect that it is another divine person, the Holy Spirit, a love so infinite that it is another divine person, the Holy Spirit. And in this fount of love, in this chamber, if you will, of love, which is the sacred heart of Jesus, we are invited in. The door for us is opened because of his love in that he goes and he dies for us and he suffers. And on the cross, this door into this temple of love, if you will, is opened by a cold spear of indifference that is thrust into his heart. And as it is thrust into his heart, this beautiful chamber is opened for us. And what pours out is blood and water, that those who are loved by God might now become worthy. That the water which pours out of this temple of love is there to cleanse us. That the blood which pours out of this temple of love is there to feed us. And this mystery of love is what we participate in here at the Mass. This is where the grace of the love of the heart of Christ is poured out upon us. This is where we are fed upon his body, his blood, his soul, and divinity. This is where that invitation to rest is most truly accomplished. As we receive the Lord in Holy Communion, and the one who has loved us from all eternity then rests within us. And in those moments, that is where we find that rest in God, the rest in the one who loves us, the rest in the Sacred Heart. Amen.